WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Cody here alongside our friend Matt uh, from Inside the Horseshoe Podcast. Matt. How you doing, my friend? You know, I'm doing good. You know, I'm a little uh, excited for this week with free agency coming up. I'm just curious. Are we finally going to see Ballard do what he should be doing? I feel like this is going to be very, very telling for Ballard's future with Indianapolis. If he just sits on his hands again, I mean, we even talked about it. Could we at this point next year be talking about a new GM and a new True. regime? I mean, like, obviously, it might be a little extreme for some people, but like, Ursay is not happy with yeah. how the season ended. We'll just say that. It seems like from what Ursay has said, right, all chips are in. Mm-hmm. Now, still very, very early. Nothing has officially happened yet. You know, legal tampering is going to happen in the next couple of days here. Free agency technically starts on Wednesday. So there's going to be a lot of stuff. And I thought it would be probably a good idea to kind of give our final thoughts on free agency, how we think the Colts should attack it, the positions we think the Colts should attack, and some of the players potentially that could be good fits with Indianapolis. So we got to start, obviously, with the most important position, Matt, in football, the quarterback position. And you kind of look at this free agent class, and there's not a ton of guys here that really like, are like, wow, eye-popping, you know, guys that you're like, this is, if we sign this guy, he's our future at quarterback for the next five to ten years. Now, there are a few guys potentially that you could trade for that you maybe could make that argument a little bit more. But strictly when it comes down to free agency, what are your thoughts on this quarterback class? Uh, free agency-wise, not great. You know, it seems like the last couple of years, the quarterback class hasn't been too bad. Obviously, two years ago with Brady and Rivers, you know, that was a really good class. But, yeah, this year stinks. Um, there's really nobody there that's going to make you a Super Bowl contender unless, you know, they're going to the right situation like a Mitch Trubisky or Jameis Winston, where they go from maybe a team that wasn't the best for them, like Tampa with Jameis or Chicago with Mitch, and they go to another team, they sit for a year or two, and then they become free agents, and then they go to us, let's say, and they turn their career around. I mean, it's happened before, but other than them, there's really nobody. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is more of that stabilizing quarterback I, I know people are talking about Marcus Mariota, but he has injury problems. I think the last time he played more than five snaps, ended up getting hurt pretty bad. So, yeah, it's just not that great. It's it's kind of honestly, it's a crapshoot right now yeah. at the quarterback position. It's it's hard to say that you know it's, and I think that honestly, Matt is a reason why the Colts got as much out of Carson Wentz as they did because the quarterback market is that bad in free yeah. agency and in the draft as well. So. There's not a whole lot of guys. Now, personally, I would probably want to go, you know, Jameis Winston, number one, since mm-hmm. he is, you know, 
not former number one overall pick. He obviously the talent is there. Yeah. He's got all you're looking for physically from a quarterback. Now we said the same thing about Carson Wentz, obviously, which was true. There was just some other things, you know, beyond football. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you know, go back and listen to the videos, read, yeah. read Kiefer's article, you know all that. We won't get into that. But still, I mean, Jameis Winston's a guy that threw for over 5,000 yards only a couple seasons ago. Mm-hmm. And there was a very interesting thing, Matt, on Jameis Winston that I read a couple years ago, you know, the whole 30 for 30 thing, you know, very notorious. People, when they hear Jameis Winston's name, that's all, automatically where they go to is no because of that season. But right. It's interesting because you look at how complex that system is in an offense, and you're like, man, you know, it, it's a t- really tough offense to figure out. Like, and that offense is more, and we saw it with Bruce Arians, you know, it's more of that, you know, deep pass offense. You know, it's it's less of the you know, quick checkdowns, all that kind of stuff. Like Frank Reich's offense, it's more of that, you know, five, six, seven step drop back, you know, and that's why I think, you know, Andrew Locke got hit as much as he did his rookie years because of that. But everything, all things considered, last year with Jameis Winston, he was actually pretty good. I only I know he got injured and he was out for most of the season, but in the seven games he did play, he actually looked not half bad. So I think the question is, if right. the Saints, this is a question like if the Saints decide to not retain him, which they still might, would he be the best option right now for the Colts um, to be potentially that bridge guy for the next guy for maybe the next couple seasons or something? No, I, I think he is probably the best option. Um, you know, he goes to the Saints, um, throws 14 touchdowns, three interceptions, 12 to 1,400 yards passing, and they go 5-2. and two. I bet that if he didn't get hurt and he played the entire year, the Saints make the playoffs. They don't win the division, but I do think they sneak into the playoffs with how he looked. And he also didn't really have any weapons. Michael Thomas didn't play at all. You know, Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Cook is gone. So... He had Alvin Kamara, and that was about it to throw to. So, I mean, yeah. I would argue with the Saints, because Michael Thomas is out, their receiving core is a lot worse than our receiving core. So if he's able to do that with nobody, I think if you put him on this team with a good coach like Frank Reich, with a really good offensive line, and I would hope another weapon to go along with Michael Pittman, whether that's a tight end or a receiver, I think his numbers would be much better at the seven game mark. So I, I think he's the best. I think Mitch is a risk, but could work because I, I really do think Chicago is the problem. Matt Nagy, um, you know, he was not a good coach for, uh, for him. And there's been some bears fans that are like, Hey, he needs a good coach. Give him a good coach. Give him a good offensive line. Some people to throw to, and he might be able to do something. So I agree with you. Mitch is number one, or uh, Jameis is number one, but Mitch is number two, in my opinion. Yeah, and and I think you would do this knowing that these guys probably aren't your long-term solution yeah. at quarterback, either of these guys. So you might still either draft a quarterback this year, mm-hmm. or maybe you trade up next year and you draft a quarterback, yeah. just kind of depending how it goes. I mean, I would personally be okay with that. Um, the only question I think is, like, is Jameis or Mitch going to want like a multi-year deal like some – you know, you're not going to sign him for one year and then, you know, move on from him next year. Like they're mm-hmm. they're going to maybe want some decent money. So are you going to yeah. have to get into a bidding war with maybe some of these really quarterback needy teams? There are there are a couple of them still. Yeah. Um, so are you going to have to get into that um, with maybe a few of these teams for their services? I personally would be OK with it just because you yeah. need a quarterback that has some experience. But I think that would be kind of the biggest question is, you know, number one, what would it cost? And number two, 
what is, where are they kind of at? You know, do they want just a team that's going to commit to them for three, four, five years? Or are they kind of like, hey, I want to go prove it somewhere for a year and then go get paid next offseason or something like that? Right. I, I think they are going to want to go somewhere where a team's going to be committed to them. And honestly, if we're going to go after them, I want us to be committed to them because they're not old, right? They, like they still have some years left in them. If they come here and they play really, really good, why get rid of them? Just keep them. You know, you can keep them yeah. on there. You got your guy. And then if you draft someone this year or next year, then, hey, that's your backup. So if you end up getting like Desmond Ritter or Sam Howell as, uh, you know, the guy kind of sitting behind Jameis or Mitch, but Mitch and Jameis end up working out really well, then, hey, you got those guys as a backup. That's a pretty good backup to have. So I say commit to them, give them some pieces to work with. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, hey, you can move on and then you can go after either somebody next year or, like I said, draft someone this year and let them take over. I think if you did sign them, you'd have to kind of do what they did with Carson Wentz in a way where, you know, you have the option to move on from them after a certain amount of time, right? You structure the contract in a way where you're really not going to eat a whole lot of dead cap after a year or two. I don't know what that would look like exactly, but it's like you need to structure it in some way where, you know, you could be locked in, locked into them long term, but you don't necessarily have to be if they aren't the guy and you need to go draft the guy next year, say, or something like that. So, but it's a very interesting conversation because I think both these guys have some upside. I would be intrigued to bring them in, but obviously at the right price and the right length and all that stuff. All right, let's move on now to offensive tackle. Now, this is a group that also not a whole lot there. The cupboard's pretty dry in terms of offensive tackles. You obviously have Teron Armstead, who is the, you know, prize possession there at offensive tackle. You know, guys like Cam Robinson got tagged, so there's not a ton there. I know the Colts have been linked to potentially a guy in Dwayne Brown, which would be, he's a little bit older, but he'd probably be like another Band-Aid stopgap solution until you figure out and maybe next offseason go address left tackle, maybe early in the draft or in free agency. What are your thoughts on tackle for the Colts, potentially in free agency? For me, I'm going after one of the you know, like a Dwayne Brown type of player, you know, Armstead would be great. You put him on there. Jonathan Taylor would love it. You know, he would run for so much more, like get so many more yards, but I I think Armstead's too much money. I know we have the money. We got 70 million to spend, but let's use that on receivers and playmakers or defensive players. And let's get a Dwayne Brown for two years, sign him for like five to 10 million a year, somewhere in there, whatever he's looking for. It's probably not going to be too much. And then draft your uh, next left tackle, have them sit behind Dwayne Brown. So that's what I would do. Um, personally, if Cam Robinson was available, I say go after him because he's still pretty young, but yeah, I go Dwayne Brown. Yeah. I mean, you almost have to, at this point, if you're going to address it free agency, get an older guy, that's clearly not your future. You kind of have to, I feel like at this point. So yeah, I think, this one you don't have to talk about a bunch a bunch because there's really not a ton of guides there that you'd even really kick the tires on, especially now with Eric Fisher presumably not coming back to Indianapolis. You kind of just have to, you know, just kind of band-aid it, unfortunately. Unless you do elect to go the draft route, you know, maybe you draft a guy early and then you're like, Yep, we're gonna we're good with him, and maybe they have a competition with like him. And if you re-sign Matt Pryor, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a lot of ways this left tackle yeah. position could go. But yeah, I certainly think if you go the free agency route. You probably need to go get a guy like Dwayne Brown. I agree with you. All right. Now let's move on to a position that maybe is a little bit more intriguing here. Uh, Let's talk about defensive end because we got to talk about defensive end, man. 
I mean, there's so many guys still available. You think Chandler Jones, you think, you know, you think Hassan Reddick. Those are a couple a couple names to just come immediately to mind. Those are kind of the top two guys. And there's a ton more guys here. What are your thoughts on this edge class here in free agency? I think it's good. Um, definitely better than quarterback, for sure. Um, to me, you you got to go after Chandler Jones or Reddick. Yeah, you got to try to get one of those guys. I know there's other guys available, too. That wouldn't cost as much money. But Chandler Jones is still a guy that can get you around 10 sacks a year when he's healthy. Um, and then Hassan Reddick, he's in his you know mid to late 20s now. So if you get Reddick, you can have him for another five to 10 years if you uh, decide to re-sign him. Um, I think you only need one guy, personally, unless you get another guy for like depth reasons. I'm a firm believer that Quiddy Pay is going to have a really big year this upcoming season. And I think Dio is going to have a big year as well. And then I think you got to bring back Kamoka Ture and Taekwon Lewis. I mean, Kamoka Ture played what 40% of the snaps and was like second on the team in sacks. Yeah, so he was very underused. Yeah. yeah and, for sure. Um, yeah. I just think you need a guy like you need a dog on that other yeah. side beside Quiddy pay because I mean, you do talk like they talk about it all the time. Like, they are very well aware that they are very lacking in the pass rush department last season. And they, I think they realize that we need to probably go get a guy, you know, we really need to upgrade there because it drives the whole engine of this defense, right? Like if you can't consistently get pressure on the quarterback, we're going to see what's happened to the Colts down the stretch. Like that end of the year, Jacksonville drive where Trevor Lawrence is virtually perfect, you know, for the entire game. You just let them go right down the field. This offense, that's one of the worst offenses in the league. Why do you do that? Because you can't get any pressure on the quarterback, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think those two guys are certainly uh, a few guys. You know, there's there's some other guys that are of interest, I suppose. Um, Dante Fowler is a guy that's kind of interesting to me because he's only 27 years old. Yeah. Former high-round pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars a number of years ago. Matt, I know you threw out Emmanuel Ogba's name, Miami defensive end. He's 28 years old, so a little bit older, but not you know old. What are your thoughts on him? Maybe I like him. You know, I, he's a very productive player. Um, he's not going to cost a whole lot of money. So if you end up missing out on like Chandler Jones or Hassan Reddick, then I think somebody like Agba could be a good uh, next man up. You know, you get somebody in there who has an experience who could maybe teach Quiddy and Dio or whoever else we bring back in, like Kamoko or you know, Taekwon Lewis, he can teach them some stuff and, uh, you know, make them better. So that's mostly what I'm looking for anyway. It's just guys I can step in, help our young guys, you know, kind of get them to where they need to be, you know, help the coaches out with that. So, I mean, I'd be for Agba. He's like my third, you know, or fourth, you know, tight, tight end defensive end, uh, on the list. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's like a couple guys that really stand out, and then there's some guys that they're solid, they're nothing special. I think he's probably right there yeah. in that, you know, right there in that department, I would say. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some certainly some guys, you're right, that I think the Colts, if they got one of these guys, they got a Chandler Jones or Hassan Reddick, those two guys especially, like that would just, I mean, that would boost your pass rush to a yeah. different level that it's never mm -hmm. been really since Robert Mathis retired. Yeah. You and know, I and if the Colts are serious about wanting to get better at pass rush, yeah. you probably need to invest a little bit of dollar yeah. into it. I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I think out of any position, he's going to spend the most money on defensive end. I, I, I think that's so. what Ballard's going to do. Because, 
you know, this whole uh, class of uh, rookies for receivers is loaded with fast guys that can create separation. And that's what Ballard wants to go after. So if you can't get a, you know, like a Kurt who shouldn't cost much anyway, or somebody like that, he can go to the draft. So I think he's going to put most of the money into defensive end and make sure he can get a Chandler Jones or a Reddick. I think he's probably going to go after Jones before Reddick, if I had to guess. That seems more like what Ballard would do. But yeah, I expect him to invest big into defensive end. It's interesting because you really like lost a lot of your veteran leadership last offseason when you yep. let Houston and Autry walk. So yeah. maybe this is kind of like uh, we messed up. We need to yeah. bring back in more veterans. I mean, that's what Ballard, you know, he has admitted before in the past. Mm-hmm. When the Colts have let veterans go sometimes, there seems like there's some lack of a lack of accountability that's yeah. happened on this defense, especially. Uh, so I wonder if they bring in a guy like Jones, like he's the guy that's he's gonna hold people accountable. Like he's yeah. He's an all-pro type of guy. So, like, that would set such a tone in your defensive line room. I mean, you kind of look at it, though, honestly, Matt. You look at every single level of this defense, and you mm-hmm. could honestly make an argument. You know, safety's a little bit up in the air because of the Julian Blackman injury, but cornerback, yeah. you got Kenny Moore, who's a pro bowler. Mm-hmm. You know, linebacker, you got Darius Leonard, who's an all-pro. Um, in Interior defensive line, you have DeForest Buckner, who's an all-pro, pro bowl player. Defensive end? Not really at this point, you know? Right. So it'd make a lot of sense to get a player of that caliber on your defense. I honestly think that is the missing piece. If you can get a guy that can get consistent pressure on the quarterback from the edge edge room and mm-hmm. give Quiddy Pay more one-on-one opportunities and Buckner one more more one-on-one opportunities and the rest of these young defensive linemen just more chances and that guy can command more double teams. Yeah. It's gonna help everybody, you know. Oh, yeah. that, and honestly, if you address it and you go all out for one of these top defensive ends, I really don't feel like you need to do a lot of fine tuning the rest of the offseason at this on this defense. Like seriously, I don't I mean, think maybe, so either. Maybe you add another corner. Maybe. maybe you add a little bit more safety depth. Yeah. Beyond that, I mean, you're sitting pretty good. You know, you feel mm-hmm. good about your defensive interior. You have some young guys on your defensive line. You just don't have the guy right now. Right. You don't have the alpha on your defensive line. I don't feel like you do. Maybe Quiddy gets to that point at some point, but currently mm-hmm. right now on your roster, you do not. Yeah. So if you can do that, Matt, I feel like that can also just help you just really go all in on this passing offense. I'll go mm-hmm. all in on this offense that really struggled at times down the stretch. You yeah. know, you can go address tackle. You can go address wide receiver. You can go address tight end. You can go address quarterback. You can do all these things with all the money you're going to have left over from free agency and in the draft. I mean, you still have a lot of picks now in this draft, adding another third rounder and an earlier second rounder. Mm-hmm. So you can really go address these other positions. But yeah, I think you have to invest just one big splash signing at defensive end. And if you can do that, I feel really good about where this defense is at. I do too. And the corners, you know, I mean, Xavier Rhodes, he was hurt, you know, he dealt with some stuff, so he didn't play as well as he could have, but like, you know, Isaiah Rogers, Kenny Moore, Rocky Sin outside of the last game, they all played really well. And there wasn't a whole lot of uh, help with the defensive line for them. So if you add a Chandler Jones, it's going to make their job a lot easier. Yeah. And and if you add, like, I know the Colts have been linked to, like, Casey Hayward. Yeah. Just another vet like that that's mm-hmm. still really good. I mean, you're set at defense. Yeah. You really are set at defense. And, like, this is the first time I think that I would be able to actually say that on defense. You know, yeah. like, even last offseason, I would have said, well, you got questions at corner. You got questions at defensive end. But now, if you were able to address that, even questions at middle linebacker last offseason. 
Yeah. But now I feel like you know who your linebackers are. You know who your three corners, probably your three starters are. Got questions about Blackman's injury, but as a player, you don't have questions. Mm -hmm. You feel good where you're at, you know, for this most part on this defense. So, yeah, I mean, I think defensive end has to be number one priority. Um, I really do, especially in free agency. So, all right. Well, you talked about wide receiver. I figure we could talk about it too because this class a couple weeks ago looked a lot better than it does now. Now, there still are a lot of good names here on this market, right? There still is Mm -hmm. the Allen Robinson that's out there. Um, There still are some other guys, you know, like DJ Chark's a name that's been linked to the Colts as well. Um, You know, you have guys like Christian Kirk, who you mentioned as well, at wide receiver. And I'm sure I'm missing some names uh, of some other guys as well. Um, But you still have a few guys that you kind of like and you think would really help elevate your offense to another level. I think the question and the uncertainty at quarterback right now is certainly uh, a big deal. But what are your thoughts on these wide receivers right now? Um, like you said, it was much better like a week or two ago. Um, but now, I mean, I think it's still good. Um, I would bring TY back, you know, get that veteran leadership in there. They all really love TY and look up to him. I don't think he's going to ask for a ton of money. You know, I think we can get him pretty cheap. So I'm bringing TY back personally. He got $70 million. He's not going to be here probably past this season. Why not, you know, sign him because it's not going to affect next year's cap. So I bring him back for a couple million. And then I like Allen Robinson. That's another big body you can have on the other side with uh, Michael Pittman out there. Um, so I would definitely bring him in. I don't think he's going to cost nearly as much as he would have last year because he didn't get as many touches and he wasn't as uh, involved. And if you have Mitch Trubisky, there's that connection. And Allen Robinson played some of, if not his best years with Mitch Trubisky. So there's that as well. And then kind of looking at the others, I like Jameson Crowder. Um, you know, I, I feel like I might be alone on it. I like Juju, you know, I feel like Juju could be a good slot court, uh, slot receiver. Um, that guy that can create separation. So you have him, Michael Pittman, maybe an Allen Robinson. If you want to spend money with the receivers, I, I think all three of them could have a really good years because like, who are you going to double team at that point? And when right. Juju's not double teamed and he's not the main focus, he can put up 1500 yards. So I'd be cool with somebody like him, even if we just get him and get a rookie. Um, and then looking at some of the guys that aren't like big name receivers, Brian P- uh, Pringle, uh, former Kansas City guy, fast. That's another guy that creates some separation. Um, I'd bring him, him in. Christian Kirk is another guy. Um, if they don't bring him back, Odell Beckham Jr., you know, we could probably get him for a pretty good price, but he might command some more money. So that's a maybe. And then, like I said, DJ Chark. But yeah, that, those are guys I'm looking at. I know I listed quite a bit, but um, th- there's some pretty good receivers that are going to be available. My question with Juju is, where is his head at? You know, like, is he going to continue to be, like, if the Colts were to sign him, is he going to be a distraction for this team? If he is, I'm staying away from yeah, that yeah. With the 30-foot pole, you know? But if he m- has matured, I don't know if he has. But if he has, I mean, the talent is there, right? He was one yeah. of the better receivers a couple of years ago. So... I would still have my hesitations on him at this point. Um, but I think kind of where, where I would be, Matt, with this mm-hmm. wide receiver room, I feel like Allen Robinson's going to just command a ton of attention because he's the top guy in this class right now. Right. But I would not mind like a Christian Kirk, for example. Mm-hmm. I know he's probably never going to be maybe a one. I mean, maybe he will. He's still fairly young. You never know. Yeah. Um, but he's got talent, right? And so yeah. if you pair him alongside a Pittman, 
Um, maybe you bring back T.Y. I'm bringing back T.Y. only, hmm. you know, under the stipulation that, number one, he's only getting a couple million. Yeah. Number two, he's probably not even my number three. He might be my number four. Because he's just so, right. with his health and with his, you know, the size of him and all that stuff, he's getting a little bit more fragile with his age. So hmm. um, I would just keep him. If he's your number four, you know you're doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, and then I'd go draft a guy probably, honestly. I would go draft <laughs> a guy maybe in that second round. Depending what you do, I think it's all going to depend on first off how you address quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, if you address it in free agency, um, do you go draft the guy there, or you know, maybe you go draft a left tackle? Yeah. But I personally wouldn't mind, especially with how good this wide receiver class is in the draft, to go draft a guy in the yeah. second round and sign a guy in free agency. Then you feel like right. you've really addressed it all yeah. the way, um, and you don't really have to worry about it because. I mean, I feel good about paying Christian Kirk um, a decent amount of money, not uh, you know eye popping or overwhelming. But, like I feel good, like he has some upside if I can get a good quarterback in there to get him the ball. Um, whoever my quarterback is, um, I'm going to give him weapons. You know, whether it's yeah. you know say you you talk about Jameis, like you signed Jameis for a year or a couple years here, you mm-hmm. give him weapons. He turned out to be your guy. Great, you figured out multiple positions there. Um, or if he's not your guy. And you go draft a guy either this year or next year, that quarterback's gonna have some really good weapons to throw to. And that's yeah. just only gonna help his, you know, development down the road. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I see mm-hmm. nothing but win-win here if you sign a guy and draft a guy. That's personally my philosophy on how I feel like they should address it. I feel like they need to address it at least twice at wide yeah. receiver. Um, because it's just the cupboard was so bare last year uh, mm-hmm. with wide receiver, especially and, with the TY injury and yeah. You know, there is a question of how much of a factor was just Carson Wentz mm-hmm. versus the wide receivers. You know, I think that's a valid argument as well. So that's why I'm not opposed to bringing back T.Y. because yeah. he was open at, you know, when he was healthy. He, he got open. Um, he right. still has it, I believe. So, yeah, wide receiver is an interesting one, though, because yeah. there's a lot of guys that uh, could really help elevate this team yeah. here. Um, and I'm, I'm excited for that, man. Me too. And what I'll say, if they decide – you know, they're going to get somebody in the draft that's not a quarterback. They're going to have their first pick be a receiver. You got two third-round picks. If a guy like Chris right. Olave falls to like 18, 19, I would try to trade your second-round pick and add a third-round pick. You know, the one you got from Washington would probably be easier to do this with and try to trade up closer to 20 and see if you can get a guy like Chris Olave. Because if you can get him in there, with how good he is at route running, he's a really, really good slot receiver. If he falls to like 20, I think you got to do that. If not, then fine. Keep your draft picks. Get one of the other guys that are going to fall to second round. And then with Juju, I think a lot of people were really criticizing him because of the whole TikTok thing that he was on. He was making videos on the field. But, I mean, we're at a point now where most NFL players that are like 25 or younger they're on TikTok now. They have their YouTube channels, and they're doing you know things like this. Maybe not as much as what uh, Juju did, but as far as like a headspace, he seems perfectly fine to me. The only thing I would be a little concerned with is he was hurt this past season. Is that injury going to affect him this upcoming season or no? That'd be it. But honestly, if Allen Robinson's gone and you got Juju out there, I get him. I think him and Michael Pittman together would be really good and they can make TikToks together. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I know that's gonna trigger some people. Oh, like, I, I kinda I, I know it would trigger Derek. So <laughs> <laughs> Derek would be like, Just, No. You get there I before the game know. and he's on the fifty yard line doing TikToks. 
Oh, <laughs> it, but you would have Blue oh, doing boy. it with him. So, oh, of course, yeah, yeah absolutely. Blue will do it with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Blue will do it with yeah. him, right? Blue, Blue's crazy. I, I love oh, yeah. Blue. Um, but one last thing I want to talk about here, you know, we're sticking with some weapons for the quarterback, tight mm-hmm. end as well. Now, similar to wide receiver, tight end's a little bit less of a talented position in free agency now with, yeah. you know, a couple guys, some of the top names there getting franchise tagged and getting brought back and all that stuff. But there are still a couple guys that are of interest as well. I want to pull that up real fast. I mean, you got Zach Ertz, who, I mean, I think if Carson Wentz was still on the roster, I'd certainly say yes, 100%. Yeah. I mean, he's still fairly uh, – talented like he's a good tight end he's 31 years old my question with that is matt okay like is this just another band-aid solution for tight end i don't know because he's only 31 so it's kind of like it still could be there and be productive for another couple years Mm -hmm. but are there is there another name here in free agency potentially that could be a little bit younger and could potentially be your tight end for a little bit longer than Zach Ertz. What are your thoughts on him? Um, I like Zach Ertz. A little older, like you said. He's still productive. He can still get the job done. There is a little bit of a connection there with him and Frank Wright. So I guess there's that, even though it's been like years since they've been together. Yeah. Um, but looking at the tight end group, there's not a whole lot of names out there that I would go crazy for. Right. Um, I do think the top guy I would go for who I think is going to be available is CJ Uzma. Uh, CJ is going to be available because you remember Rob, Rob Gronkowski came out and said, you know, if I didn't play with Brady, I would like to play with Joe Burrow. So Hmm. I think he's probably going to Cincinnati and then CJ Uzma is going to be available. He has a market uh, value. I think it's estimated to be $8 million. Okay. Um, Very good for, I guess what he's valued at. Um, Very productive. He, Look, there were some games I watched with Cincinnati when he had the ball thrown to him. He was catching it every single time. He was doing good routes. Um, now how I'm not sure how good of a you know run blocker he is, but honestly, I'd bring him in and I'd bring Mo back. That's what I yeah, would do. I, I think bringing back Mo is a must. You have to bring back Mo at yeah. this point with Jack retiring. Um, one name that's very interesting to me that um, – I think is such an underrated tight end that nobody talks about mm-hmm. um, is Gerald Everett. I am intrigued yeah. by Gerald Everett. I've been intrigued like by it. Gerald Everett for a couple seasons now. I mean, he's still 27 years old. Mm-hmm. I feel like he has a lot of upside and, and with the Russell Wilson injury, he didn't necessarily get to put his full, you know, ability on display playing with yep. Geno Smith. But I mean, last year he still had 650 yards, right? Yeah. Um, he's still, or I'm sorry, he's, Last year, he still had, you know, nearly 500 yards receiving and, uh, you know, playing with, you know, multiple quarterbacks throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, as, your, as their number one and two options there, he was still a consistent tight end. Maybe he's not like that crazy, you know, over the top, like amazing tight end, but I always feel like he's a solid tight end. It has a lot of upside in terms of receiving, mm-hmm. which is exactly what the Colts need from their yeah. tight ends right now. Um, I would not be opposed to him. And also Robert Tanyan yeah. is another name as well. That's who I was going to mention too. Yeah, he's uh, he's still fairly young too. I think he's 27, 28 years old. Yep. So he's right in that range as well. My question is, okay, is it the Aaron Rodgers effect or is Tanyan actually a good tight end and right. that injury? Those would be my biggest hesitations. What are your thoughts on Tanyan though? I like him. Um, honestly, just kind of looking at who's available right now as far as new players. Like I said, 
Uzuma is my number one guy. And then at number two, it'd probably be Robert Tunyon as far as like who's available because they're both still young. They're both still very productive and very good. I mean, you could sign everybody's favorite tight end, Eric Ebron, if you want, but I'm afraid <laughs> that if we bring him in here, he's going to drop the pen that he's signing his deal with. So, oh boy, uh, he might not be a good option. I mean, Jerry Cook's an older guy, so mm-hmm. if you want to get him, there's that. OJ Howard's another, but OJ yeah. Howard, yeah, I like um, him. I, you know, it's interesting with OJ Howard because you do wonder with him, like he's physically, obviously. He's he he's a top pick for a reason, right? Like he's yep. got a lot of physical talent. Um, him and also Evan Ingram, both former very high top picks in the draft, mm-hmm. and guys that really haven't worked out. I personally would like Evan Ingram probably a little bit more than OJ Howard because Evan Ingram's actually like had a good season before, right. you know. Yeah, um, he made the Pro Bowl. I mean, he dropped yeah. a lot of balls, but he made the Pro Bowl. Um, yeah. So there's that, but. No, I mean, I don't mind Evan Ingram. I wouldn't pay much for him, though, just mm-hmm. because there is the um, dropping issue that he had. Um, it might have gotten better, um, but I remember he was selected to the Pro Bowl, and he had like 100 drops or something crazy, um, which blew me away. But, you know, I mean, I'd be okay with him. I mean, I doubt he's going back to New York, so you can kind of – and I don't think he's going to command a lot of attention right away. I think some of these other guys are going to have more attention. So if you can't get like a CJ Uzma, a Robert Tunyon, Rob Gronkowski, or, you know, whoever, Zach Ertz, then you could look at a guy like him and uh, maybe you can pick up Evan Ingram. See, he is so intriguing to me because let's face it, when you look at the New York passing game and what the offense they've been trying to run, I mean, dumpster fire comes to mind. Like it's been bad. For years, I mean, for years with Evan Ingram there. So you're like, he's still like, I know he hasn't been fantastic at all, right. but he still has, I mean, three or two seasons over 600 yards, mm-hmm. right? And I know like uh, people had some questions about the injury, but he's played in 16 and 15 games back to back years. Mm-hmm. So he's become a little bit more durable at tight end as well. Yeah. Um, and I know that t- receiving touchdowns haven't necessarily been something that's been like, oh my goodness, but like he's been playing with Daniel Jones, man. True. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. You know how much? I mean, he's been playing with through a couple regimes at this point. Like, yeah. how much do you place that on Evan Ingram? I mean, he certainly deserves some of the blame, but mm-hmm. how much do you place that on him versus just like the Giants' offense has been in shambles for like a half a decade at this point? Yeah. So. I would be interested. I think it could potentially be a low risk, high reward type of guy, you know, kind of like maybe an Eric Ebron was in a way yeah. where if you get him with the right quarterback, he could potentially, you know, pop off. Honestly, mm-hmm. he's, he's a flawed player for sure, but you know, the upside could be tremendous, especially in the vertical passing game, which the Colts desperately need at tight end right now with Jack Doyle retiring. He never was that kind of guy. But, you know, you have Granson. If you had Granson and he he kind of emerges here and your number two gets a little bit more snaps, and then you also have a guy like Evan Ingram, I mean, your vertical passing game, depending who your quarterback is, obviously, could go really well. Um, It could really help out a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I definitely agree with that. Um, You know, I I guess I wouldn't be upset with Evan Ingram. Um, You know, he's kind of a little lower on who I want, but if we end up getting him, then, you know, I think it might work, you know, because like you said, Daniel Jones was there. And I mean, 
yeah, I feel bad for anybody who plays with Daniel Jones at this point. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, maybe you get a good quarterback in there um, and maybe he does something pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Obviously, there's a lot of names that could be like low risk, high reward type of signings. The culture yeah. obviously going to have to figure out, OK, which positions are we comfortable paying a little bit more to a la defensive end, hopefully, yeah. versus which positions maybe we're not going to pay as much to in free agency. Maybe tight end would be one of those where you still probably need to sign right. a guy. I mean, you definitely do. Yeah, yeah. But like, is it a guy that's not going to be like one of the top free agents necessarily? But a guy that you feel like could fit well and integrate well into what your offense wants to do. Uh-huh. We shall see, man. It's going to be an interesting couple weeks here in free agency. Like we said at the beginning, hopefully the Colts actually decide to do something. Yes. They have the most cap space in the NFL, so people can't say, you don't have any cap space to sign players. Yes, we do. Yeah. We do have cap space, and we need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Because we have a good base, of, a good core of guys that we've brought in. Right, We have mm-hmm. a lot of good guys that we really like. What we don't have at the key positions, quarterback, left tackle, uh, defensive end, even wide receiver and tight end, we don't have, outside of maybe Pittman, any guys there that Mm. really, like, you know, push the needle for the Colts. Like, we don't. And that's an issue. And you can honestly solve at least a couple of these positions in free agency if you decide to not just sit on your money there. Right. I really believe that. So, I hope they do, man. I really hope they do. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that we uh, we get up on Monday. You know, I think noon is when uh, legal tampering begins. So I'm hoping from noon to five o'clock we see, you know, some agreed the terms type of things involving Indianapolis and some bigger name free agents. Not like we have agreed the terms with Scotty Barnes, <laughs> safety. <laughs> you know, or I don't want to see that. Or, or kicker, yeah. Or cor- okay, the, the cornerbacks on the day that Russell Wilson gets traded. Yeah. That was a bad idea. That, I look, I mean, that guy is pretty good. He he's fast, so I think that's a good depth piece. But yeah, that could have waited a day. Well, yeah. Watch <laughs> that guy turns out to be an all-pro, and everybody's yeah. just crapping on it because the Russell Wilson news. That'd be funny. Yeah, that'd be, that would be. It goes in, yeah. and dominates. Yeah, exactly. He's another Kenny Moore 2.0. All right, guys. Well, that'll do it for our look at free agency coming up here very soon. Let us know what you guys think on some of these players. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Really appreciate all your support. As always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.